You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Well, good morning. It is so great to be with you. And uh, I just love coming in here and hanging out with you guys on Saturday morning. It is the best part of my week, and I thank you for making that possible. Today, we're going to focus on something that every man has and kind of, you know, really the future of the human race sort of depends on it. But guys, tell the truth. How well do you know your prostate gland? We're going to spend some time this morning getting to know a part of your body that well, you may only be aware of when it causes you a problem. And when you get to my age, well, there's a good chance it's going to cause you some concern. So the phones are open and the text line are open right now. I hope you'll join us and be part of the conversation today as we talked with Dr. Jamin Brambat. He is a board-certified urologist joining us today from sunny Orlando, Florida, where he directs the PUR Clinic, and he also treats a number of conditions affecting men over age 50. He's also founder of the Drive for Men's Health, a campaign promoting health habits for men. So, Dr. Brambat, good morning. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for having me on today, man. Uh, happy. Uh, glad to have you here. And uh, you go by Dr. B, so uh, that's, that's kind of how I'm going to refer to you going forward, if that's cool with you. No, that's fine. It'd be for bladder in this case. So that's what we're trying to work on. <laughs> I like that. That's clever. All right, let's begin with a little bit of anatomy. The prostate is a gland that sits just below your bladder. Its primary function is to produce fluids that help sperm survive inside the woman's body. The tube that carries urine out of your bladder runs right through this thing. And the prostate should be about the size of a walnut, but over time it can grow to the size of a lemon. So, what kind of problems is that going to cause me? Uh, so, Dr. B, we're, what, the, the problem we're trying to resolve here is that when your prostate enlarges because that tube that carries urine out of the bladder is running right through the middle of that prostate, then it squeezes down and it makes it very hard to urinate. So, there are a lot of symptoms that come along with this benign hypertrophic, uh, uh, benign prostatic hyperplasia. So, that's an enlargement of your prostate. And, and when you have that condition, there are a number of symptoms. So you might be urinating very frequently. Uh, you're waking up a lot in the middle of the night. You might have difficulty starting and stopping your stream. Your stream is very slow. And urologists sometimes talk about what they call the 20-second rule. If it takes you more than 20 seconds to urinate, then you may have an enlarged prostate problem. And this is uh, very common. So in men, starting about age 50, about 50% of the guys are going to have this problem. And then as you advance each decade, it gets worse. So about 60% in their 60s, 70% in the 70s, 80% in their 80s. Now, some guys are going to have this enlarged prostate and not really have a significant urination problem. Others guys might have less prostate might have less uh, uh, enlargement, but going to have a problem with their stream. And so, one, there are a number of treatments and, and medications and procedures that we can use to kind of resolve that problem. And I want to check with Dr. B. Are you with me again here, Dr. B? Seem to be having a problem getting through with Dr. B. So, uh, there, as I said, are two primary forms of treatment. And one of the things we're going to talk about today are the medications. Medications tend to cause that prostate to shrink, but there are side effects that many guys find unpleasant. And then there is also a surgical procedure. And one of the things that Dr. B is, uh, feels happens all too often 
is that men are delaying. We've got a dial tone there happening. Heather, we've got a dial tone that's going out right now. Uh, there's a problem that occurs with um, when you have some surgical procedures, you can lose nerve function, and that can result in erectile dysfunction and some other things. So as soon as we get Dr. B back on the phone here, uh, we'll talk a little greater detail about what those procedures are. So you know what, Heather, why don't we just go into a commercial break here. Let's hit our break, and then we'll come back, get the phones worked out, and we'll have more time to spend with Dr. B as we talk about how to deal with your prostate here on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. This is Health Call Live. We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. And we are back to talking about the prostate and problems it can cause guys over age 50. Dr. B is back with us on the phone. We think we've got things worked out. Dr. B, let's focus on the two main types of treatment here, medication and then surgery. Most guys are going to go to meds first. What do I need to know about these drugs? You know, most guys actually hopefully will not need to do anything because it's all about like kind of preventing these symptoms beforehand by just keep making sure your body stays healthy. But the medications, you have to kind of start first. And that one, number one, because, you know, we want to see if we ever do surgery, what would happen and simulate it. And maybe that's all you ever need. But the medications can either relax your prostate or shrink your prostate. They both work different ways, have different side effects. But that's kind of like the standard is seeing if we can kind of relax that enlarged gland. What, what, what are the next things that can happen? Can we get you waking up less at night? Can we get you flowing better? So based on how you do with those initial medications, we can then take kind of the next steps if needed. And those next steps are procedures? Well, yeah, it would be procedures. But before we kind of rush into surgery, it's kind of like we would do an inspection. So once you try medications and if let's say you're still having symptoms or if you want to go and move forward with surgery then your urologist is probably going to do some kind of workup whether it's an imaging lab test screen you for prostate cancer and probably and most of my men cringe when i say this is we're going to put a little camera inside your penis and your urethra and actually look at what your prostate looks like on the inside putting all that information together then we would decide on hey what's the next best step for you it's either is it staying on medication or is it going and going forward from surgery which could be very quick and minimally invasive or would actually be a little bit more invasive which would be where we would resect or shave the entire side of your prostate it's a lot of things that we can offer you but honestly starts off with that first conversation in the office that hey i'm having a problem so I mentioned while we were having those phone issues there, I don't know that you heard it, but the 20-second rule. Are you, do you stand by that if it takes more than 20 seconds to empty my bladder? I, I have something that's uh, going on? In, in general, yes. It should be a lot faster. But, you know, when are you measuring that 20 seconds? When you're kind of half asleep waking up at night? Uh, or are you having those issues because you have diabetes or other medical problems that could be causing you to have that slow stream? So it's not a hard and fast, fast yes, um, but we do actually have some cool technology in our office where we can actually have you pee into a machine and we can actually check that for you because what may look, sound or feel like 20 seconds for you may only be six or seven seconds. So we really have to kind of get some better data on that. Okay, so we're all, we're all about diagnosing before we go into treatment. I get that. And just as a quick follow-up here, that procedure you talked about where we're inserting the camera to look at the prostate, I assume that's done under some form of anesthesia. How, how, how unpleasant is that? 
It's actually, I've had it done on myself because I had uh, kidney stone surgery and I had a little tube that needed to come out of my bladder. And uh, there's not much anesthesia really required. I mean, we may put some local anesthesia through the urethra, but it's so quick um, and you may feel a little discomfort, but uh, it's really not as bad as it sounds. It just sounds bad and looks bad when you have this big camera coming towards you. But that 10 second procedure could really help you for the next one or two decades of your life when it comes to urination. So it's actually very, very important to do, and it's not as painful as some other procedures that you may think where they put cameras inside your body. How important is it that I get on this problem and not just suffer in silence? What If I delay some form of treatment, what kind of problems am I causing myself? I think that's a million-dollar question, and I wish more guys would think that way. Uh, it, the issues that we worry about are things that are not reversible. So your bladder that's not emptying is now not able to empty on its own at all. The urine could back up into your kidneys and cause issues with your kidneys. You could start getting infections. You could even form big stones in your bladder. If you really want to get to a point where you bring this up before it becomes a problem, I would say let's take another step forward or backward is bring it up before it's even a problem. So what are things that you can do proactively to avoid even needing to be start a medication or needing to start any kind of surgery or do anything like that? And that's starting that conversation earlier, whether it's with your primary care doctor or your urologist, before it even becomes an issue. So before you start noticing you're having trouble peeing, hey, what can I do preventively to help that? Oh, let's talk about that. What can I do? I'm, I'm sure well, you're gonna tell me diet and exercise, right? <laughs> I know, and that's the thing, is everyone's like, all right, you're going to tell me diet exercise. Yes, I am, because when you're overweight, you're putting pressure on your bladder. So that's going to cause issues with you being able to fill your bladder. When you have diabetes, it's going to affect your nerves, not only in your bladder, but also your penis and your erection qualities. When you have cardiovascular disease, it's going to affect your blood vessels. So yes, absolutely, all those things are important. The cool thing for us is, yes, you can diet, you can exercise. But when it comes to your prostate, you know, there's actually some natural supplements you can take that really would help you from a proactive standpoint. Um, there's saw palmetto supplements. But let me tell you something. So, supplements usually are not FDA regulated. So the issue is quality and standardization. But there are certain supplements that are verified by organizations called the USP certification. And when it comes to saw palmetto, there are there is one supplement that's actually made here in my backyard here in Florida that actually can help you have your prostate relax, can decrease inflammation in your prostate. Now, it really actually has changed the way I prescribe or discuss prostate issues with men because it is something that we can start beyond just a diet and exercise would be something natural as well. Man, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Uh, so I've, I've read also at saw palmetto, stinging nettle leaf, and some others. Are there some commercial versions of those that you come to trust, or how do I find what's really going to work? <laughs> That's, I'm so glad you brought that up because most supplements, people just go online on Google type something and try to go for the cheapest one. This stuff is not regulated. You don't know where it's made. So when it comes to saw palmetto, I was actually not a believer in saw palmetto for the use of enlarged prostate. But there was actually studies done in Europe on a liquid extract. So not the powdered stuff that you find here in most of the supplements in America, but there's a liquid extract. Now, when you have a high quantity, high quality liquid extract, in Europe they found it's like the equivalent of the medications I give you. And in Europe, this stuff actually needs someone like me to prescribe for men that have hmm. issues with their prostate. 
here in America, there's actually a supplement. Um, uh, I think it's called Flomentum, and it just came out two years ago. It's made right here in America, and it's a supplemental liquid extract in a capsule. And it's just once a day dosing. Uh, you have to just buy it on your own online, but it's actually certified by a high, um, highly regulated service that certifies supplements. So that's why I'm like, okay, well, this stuff is legit. What I'm giving you versus another patient is going to be is going to work. And actually, what happened to me was during COVID, patients couldn't really come see me in the office. So the procedures I mentioned to further evaluate these things, I was unable to do. So I actually started recommending this supplement. Turns out when I was able to see them in the office, a lot of these patients with these mild symptoms, they didn't really need me to do anything else. They didn't really need medication. So I was like, oh, wow, this stuff actually does work. So I had kind of COVID to experiment uh, for myself on the true efficacy of some of these things. So it was pretty cool. Because as, as surgeons, and I'm a surgeon at the end of the day, so I like doing surgery. So for me to be going in the opposite extreme and what I can offer is actually, I think, a pretty big deal. That is interesting. So I'm just Googleizing Flomentum right now. And um, looks like it's available on Amazon. How expensive is it? So looking about 30 bucks. So I'm guessing that's going to be about 30 bucks a month, huh? I, 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 well, you I, don't know, right? I get you. I have like samples in my office and stuff. I, I guess that's how much it costs. But you know, if you have if you have medications and whatnot, sometimes that's what it costs you as well. But the thing is, like, yes, you can start some of this stuff on your own. But really, if you're having any concerns, you should really go talk to your primary care doctor or your urologist. The issue with men is that we, you and me, Lee, are going to live five years less than our female counterparts because we just delay and drag those conversations out. So. It's yes, you can start all this stuff on your own, but you still need other questions answered. Like, is there something going on with my prostate that could be cancer? Is there something going on with my bladder? Like, do I have maybe diabetes that has been diagnosed? So all these things are great to start on your own and educate yourself, but still go into your healthcare provider. Uh, a five-minute conversation can, can be five decades of um, benefit to you in the long run. Man, I like that ratio, five minutes for five decades. I, I'm, I'm down with that. So if you are just joining us, we are talking with Dr. B. He is a urologist, and we're talking about prostate issues. If you'd like to jump into the conversation, love to have you be part of it, you can send a text to 46862. That's 46862. Or give us a ring at 447-1190-800-333-1190. So now let's decide that we've already gone through all the uh, diagnostics, and you feel that a procedure is going to be the best thing for me. There are lots of different choices that I'm going to be presented with. So let's talk about how do I choose which procedure and a little bit about each one of them. Let's start with probably the, the oldest uh, one that's out there is called TERP, transurethral resection prostate surgery. And uh, describe that for me and its pros and cons. I think I think it's great that you actually tried to say what the acronym stands for. I just tell my patients the rotor rooter of the prostate. <laughs> you go in and shave and carve that inside of the prostate. Listen, there's some great surgeries out there, but what's really cool in the past few years, we have advancements with minimally invasive surgery. I still think the gold standard is going in and shaving and trimming the prostate, but the major issue with that is that uh, when you go in and shave and trim the prostate, there's a certain percentage of men that can have issues with erectile dysfunction. So most young men freak out like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to get erections again. The second thing is there is there are other risks of leakage of urine and um, 
and potential scarring. Whereas these newer procedures, uh, there's basically two types of these newer procedures. There's a steam procedure called Resume, mm-hmm. where we can uh, pretty much steam certain segments of your prostate. And then there's an implant procedure called Urolift, where we can actually go and uh, put these implants in, which basically keep your prostate open, kind of like keeping the drapes open on a curtain. There's some other things coming out. Uh, I think it's called ITIN. I haven't used it yet, but it's like a little little circular thing we put in inside your urethra for a week, and then we take it out. It's supposed to kind of stretch your prostate out. There's a lot of cool, interesting things coming out uh, that are on the horizon. But listen, Lee, I think we spoke about this uh, earlier or when we when we when we're arranging this conversation. Is it's less about the procedure. It's more about your, your comfort, how comfortable you are with your surgeon, how many of these procedures your surgeon has done. Because you're going to get better outcomes when it's something that I do more of and more comfortable with. Yeah, we're going to jump to that in just a second. But callers always come first, and we have someone on the line. I want to get a question to you, Dr. B. Go right ahead with your yeah. question. Hey, go ahead. You're on Health Call. Thank you, Lee. Yes, my name's John, and I'm just about five years out from prostate surgery. I did have prostate cancer. Um, My question is, I'm still leaking like crazy, and I can live with this. You know, every day after cancer is a good day. Mm -hmm. But um, is there something even as wild as Cialis or Viagra that would help me get more bladder control? I understand my sex life is over because my wife retired me, so that's not an issue. Um, But I would like to hear both of your comments on that, please. No, I think... um and that, and, and thank you for opening up about you know that you've had actual. So what uh, he's describing is he's had his prostate removed. So that is a little bit different from what I was describing earlier. What I was describing earlier is just opening up that channel. Uh, he, the caller, actually had his entire prostate removed because he was diagnosed with cancer. So what you're feeling is is actually fairly common after a prostate's removed, um, and that's the leakage of the urine. Um, and that, when it comes to medications, it's really hard to kind of time that space up that's a little loose. Um, or, or, so what I usually recommend patients, if you haven't done your Kegel exercises, those muscle exercises, reinvestigate those. You can also have someone like me maybe look into medications that keep your bladder relaxed because sometimes doing that may help you with the leakage. But listen, there's some really cool minimally invasive procedures even for the leakage, like little slings or little implants that can be put in. But I think I think most men kind of accept it like you do and feel like there's no other option out there. But I think having a conversation with your urologist is, is not a bad idea. I, th- I thank you for that. Um... I guess I don't feel like it's hopeless, and yes, I am losing the Kegel battle, but it's, you know, every day I hit it again, and uh, like I said, every day after cancer is a good day, and my primary physician might be a woman, but she's about the best lady I've ever met, and now you've given me a little ammunition that I can suggest to her maybe it would work. Yeah, and, they, and they, but the other thing is, like, you know, we won't have time to go in detail, but how much are you leaking? If it's just a, we kind of measure it by pads yep. and what time of the day. And if it's just something that's very minor, then, 
if you were seeing me in the office, I'd say, hey, buddy, let's focus on the cancer part. You're cancer-free. It may not be worth moving forward with some of these things. So, you know, I don't know your exact details, but, you know, don't go in there with ammunition. I would say go in there with, hey, is there something new out there or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, that's a good attitude to have, and I thank you for that, and I will continue to listen. I hope you will, John. We've got to take a break, but Dr. B, you stick with us, will you? I'm going to hold you over through the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about prostate cancer, a little more about surgical procedures, and answer some more questions from you out there, all the listeners to the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. Podcasts by Federated Media. 